Tommy, oh Tommy, time for lunch, she said. I put down my gardening tools and headed up the small hill to the house. I washed my hands at a bathroom off the kitchen and went out to the patio. Mrs. Dean had laid out a wonderful lunch for the two of us. Let me stop right there. First, Mrs. Dean was the most gracious, kind, and considerate person I've ever met. No exaggeration. She raised four boys, Billy, Jimmy, Charles, and Howard. Each of the boys have a huge personality in themselves. She lost Charles years ago. Sometimes God makes mistakes. Anyway, to know Mrs. Dean is an honor, and I felt that she was a good friend and kind to me. Today was no exception. Salmon and chilled asparagus for the main course with a wonderful appetizer of toast, brie, and caviar. Of course, the drink for lunch was champagne. We looked like two kids <clears throat> getting away with something special. She loved telling Billy and Jimmy that she served me a wonderful lunch. The patio looked out on Jessica Pond and could easily be the most beautiful view outside of a house on the beach. We talked and laughed and told wonderful stories about East Hampton. She talked highly about Aunt Betty and praised many other people that were the regular fixtures of the village. She loved the idea that she was serving her gardener. One of the finest meals in town. Yes, she asked about any scoops on who was going to win the Mrs. Davis Cup. I told her I had no idea which Mary DeVixen would get the honor. For, let's say, for romping. Say, with a guest. Mrs. Dean was so excited to get the inside scoop. Of course, all lips were sealed until right before Labor Day, when the gang would meet at a, a quorum and judge the best gossip of the season. It would go something like, Mrs. So-and-so was seen walking out of the ocean 11.30 at night, drunk as a skunk, bare-hooted, with a younger man completely naked, where said married woman gave young man a treat of one kind or another. The award would then be given for the most outlandish story about the wildest event of the summer by a married person. Once we declared the award, the gossip would seep into the community, each married woman and gentleman praying they would not receive the award. I never found out exactly what Mrs. Davis did to earn the cup title, but it had to be good. So there you have it. I lived a perfect life in East Hampton. When I wasn't working for Mrs. Dean, I worked for Mrs. Dean's sister. The work got around town that Mrs. Dean had served me a wonderful lunch, so my customers had great joy in seeing what kind of lunch they could pre prepare to outdo Mrs. Dean. When I wasn't working as a gardener, I painted cabanas at the Maidstone Club. I painted with Peter Milholland. He was two years older than me and by far the funniest, coolest person I have ever met. 
Peter had gone to Avon Old Farms in Connecticut. It was a prep school for embassy children. Dinner each night had been served to only those students dressed in tails. Peter had made it into Colorado University and soon became hooked on too much partying. To make a long story short, he woke up in the middle of the pavement on a street in Hollywood, touring what the Grateful did. It had been a long road indeed, and he had made it back to East Hampton to live at his aunt's house and get his life in order. I was happy every minute of my life around Peter. Oh, back to painting cabanas at the Maidstone Club. Peter would show up to paint around 10.30 to 11 o'clock in the morning. We would work for maybe an hour. Then it was time for lunch at the club. Not sure who paid the bill, but it was usual to sit at a seat or two away from someone famous and then swim for an hour down at the beach, then get redressed and back to work. We'd work until 6, 7 o'clock, and then into the pool and take off to party for the night. We used to paint with rollers when we could. One time, Peter complained terribly about the cabana getting very foggy. Peter, keep painting, I would say, and continued with my brush. Finally, he became stern about it and said, Man, there is something wrong. He stood up and looked at me. I looked at him and burst out laughing. The spray of the roller had completely covered his glasses. His whole face and glasses were completely speckled. Painting cabanas with Peter was an incredible joy. At the end of the summer, I left East Hampton at the height of an evening beach party and went back to St. Louis for football camp. Drove for 18 hours straight with a friend and Lily Day. I showed up at camp the following day and had one of those intense hot weather workouts. Afterwards, I was getting dressed after practice, and one of the guys found me to tell me there was some people upstairs to see me. I went upstairs, and there was Peter, Margot, his girlfriend, and cousin Charles. They had never stopped parting and got in the car and decided to catch up with Tommy. He said it seemed like a great idea until they sobered up around Indiana, and then they were too close to turn around. Peter and Margot stayed at the house with me for a week. We had a party every night with kegs of beer at the back porch wall. It is one thing to go through football camp. It's another to go through it, mostly intoxicated from the night before. I'd call mom every day and tell her how lonely it was to be in St. Louis by myself. While they were all up in East Hampton finishing out the summer, Mom would counsel me for two minutes every call. My senior year at Country Day was amazing. School was difficult, and I found myself in love with a wonderful, spoiled young lady. We spent spring vacations in Keystone. The family owned the resort, so it was a magical event. Though it turned out, I was the only one who knew how to cook. Well... Making it happen every night for the gang turned into a party. 
Ibby learned to do the potatoes, and Cindy learned to make a good salad. I was the cook. Summer came, and I was back in East Hampton. Sailed a lot on a Columbia 52, parked over at Devon Yacht Club. Partied every night and did my usual work around town. That summer, I would go to Montauk Point with Peter and surf along the cliffs. The young ladies from town would raid their kitchen freezer and come up for a party. One day, I stopped by the house to see Mom. She told me Dad had painted had paid the tuition for New England College, and school started next week. Peter told me he would drive me to New Hampshire and drop Bobby Black off at school in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, and then take up to New England College. Well, Saturday came. I had a couple of suitcases out in front next to the garage. Peter said he would be over to pick me up. The family was proud to see me take off to college. Mom never thought I'd make it that far. Margot pulled up in the driveway in her Datsun pickup. She got out in her short Levi skirt and long blonde hair. She looked like an ad out of a magazine with a mirrored sunglasses on. I remember my family with open mouths, shocked by my beautiful driver. I was nothing but smiles and left the family for a wild adventure.